We're back. I, f- I forgot to bring a pen. Oh, you know, you have to come to class prepared, Christina. I have a pen now. Using <laughs> a yellow pen. Teacher! And I know that it sounds like a yellow pen. Wouldn't be cool. But it's a Papermate Inkjoy pen that my friend Liz and gave me. Shout out, Liz. And it works? And it's kind of like a nice, like deep mustard so like you'd call it orange if you saw it out of context but for a pen you're like oh yeah that's yellow oh yeah that's and yellow. it shows up just great because a paper may ink joy that is a good pen that if is I a ever good pen knew about one so is this the stationary and office supply podcast or is it something <laughs> else i don't know who are you welcome to a place within where we I keep on trying to do this and I mess it up every time. We're going to rehearse the intro um, next time. But okay. um, I believe it goes, welcome to a place within where this week and every week we get to the Uh, heart of our thoughts, feelings, and desires where we trust we'll find the gospel and our need for it. I'm Ashlyn. I'm I'm Christina. We're here Uh, to talk to you. Indeed. I'm sort of having deja vu. I feel like we did this recently. We did. We did. I, so, you know that I listen to a lot of podcasts, and every once in a while you hear the podcast where they go, so, we tried to record, and um, something weird happened, so we're doing it again, we're re-recording, um, and uh, yeah, so we're just gonna give it a best shot, and then I always, like, it always hurts my soul a little bit when I hear that, and I'm like, what do you mean you're re-recording your podcast? You already had this conversation, this is gonna be fake. And, uh, but then I was like, once I had a podcast, I was like, that's going to happen to me one day. And yesterday it happened. It did. It did happen. We recorded our, no, we, I mean, we don't have a usual time for recording, but I'd say that usually we record at, on, at like a afternoon time on a weekend. And now it is President's Day at 7.41 a.m. Pacific time. So Which is not 10.41 Eastern time. Christina's the bigger when we usually advisor. record. <laughs> Stop. I mean, I sucked down a cup of coffee while we were doing our pre-recording chit-chat. Um, and now I have a second cup of coffee in front of me. I'm, st- I'm sipping my coffee too, so sorry in advance if you hear those noises. I'm going to do my best. Yeah, that um, was my spoon moving around. I have to move my spoon. Get out of there. We don't need my little metal clanking is going to come from my reusable metal straw in my mason jar holding my water. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> wait, are you serious? Why are you drinking out of a straw? Because I don't, I don't like the water getting on my face when I put it up to my mouth in a cup. <laughs> you don't know how to drink out of a cup without water getting on your face? <laughs> I feel judged right now. Very emotional. <laughs> you? Very emotional. At <laughs> seven in the morning? Well, before eight in the morning? How dare you? I was calling you emotional. <laughs> now I'm getting hostile. <laughs> well, this um, conversation has now become crucial. <laughs> so we're going to try to restore safety. And well, now I'm going to. <laughs> We're now going to have to talk about this conversation in counseling. Um. Um. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) All right. Welcome to a place within where things escalate very quickly if we record in the morning (laughs) instead of the night. (laughs) We're going to be fine because we like our topic. And, you know, if it was good once, it'll be good again. But before we get to that, let's talk about fun things like... What we did this weekend, or <laughs> I don't or know. Uh, what you're looking forward to today? You know what I'm looking forward to today? What? The Bachelor. I said it. <laughs> I said it oh, on the Catholic Christina. podcast. I said it on the Catholic no. podcast. It is a very, very, very bad thing. How do you watch? <laughs> anyway, we'll get into that. I'm not trying to. I'm trying to understand. I'm thinking to understand. Wait. Wait, why can't I talk about it? Because the Bachelor is very popular. Do a lot of I feel do a lot of Catholics watch it? No, no, a lot of people watch it. Yeah, I know. 
All right, tell me about The Bachelor. Okay. Well, first of all, it is evil. Um, but a lot of people, the people who are on it and the people who like really like it, I'm so I am like committed to watching it through. I like am entertained by it, but I'm also philosophically disturbed by it. Right. And um obviously. Uh but it's so funny because like the women who are on it when it's the bachelor, the men who are on it when it's the bachelorette, like they are like literally sitting there like, yeah, you know, like I'm just really looking for love here and um I'm really falling in love with him and I think that this could really work and blah 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 blah. And they know ah, that he ah. is simultaneously falling in love with seven other people. Ah. <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, but no. if it's meant to be, it will be. And you're like, no, no, no. That's no. When you're in love with somebody and they're in love with five other people, it actually won't work out. That's um, just an unfortunate reality. But Chris Harrison, the guy who runs The Bachelor, is like, don't tell anyone. And he has his like sniper laser pointer pointed at the whoever it is and he's like say this now and they're like okay but then last week this one girl was like so they try not to get people who are too smart because Mm. if they're too smart then they like know the game and they're like this is doesn't make any sense but this girl was like on the edge where she was too smart like chris harrison was like dang it you're smart you figured it out but like she's not smart enough to like yell about it there so she ended up knocking on the guy's door and being like hey dude um i'm really falling for you but um what i realized was that i can't accept a proposal from you a couple months from now knowing that um you know the day before that proposal you were on a date with somebody else um so i'm gonna have to leave and i was like yeah throw this girl a party she figured it out but she was still like the last thing that you heard from her like she was like walking out crying and her little interview was like am i making a huge mistake and i was like no so you are smart she's kind of like the katniss everdeen of the bachelor yeah except for that she like still wasn't she like she didn't get to the point of like oh and this is like actually morally reprehensible she was like it, it'll work for somebody you know yeah i mean at the end of like the hunger games katniss only gets out of the game to save her own life which is like a part of her character development True. and a part of her experience i'm just saying that to me well i had a professor in college who taught my favorite class i took in college which was song literature and she made mm. this offhand comment one day where she's like I mean, the Hunger Games were still kind of in their heyday, and I think they might not have been movies yet or just had started being movies. You were in college Um, when the Hunger Games were in their heyday? (laughs) I know. I'm old as freaking dirt. I get it. So, um, And she made this offhand comment of like, well, they're already happening. And I was like, wait, what? She's like, talk to me after class. And so I'm like, doctor, Dr. H, what do you mean? And she's like, well, look. she was like, Chris Harrison. It's it's a bigger scale i would say that the united states is the capital and the rest of the world are the other districts but yeah i kind of think that that does happen think about it and i was shook and i I still think about that on a fairly regular basis when i see that like we like live a life where the people with the most means like eat the most decadent food all of the time and like take pictures of it you know Um, but also are like very (gasps) worried about like their weight i mean yeah, and, yeah. and a beloved son of God, like a human being, I think it's really important that we remember that these people are real people, not characters from a book. But like when I watched Johnny Weir comment on the Olympics, mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone right, right, thought right. that he looked like um, whatever Hunger Games <laughs> character. But then I'm like, okay, yeah, there's this whole game that actually is about like human life. You know, it's not like they're not going to die, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole point is to get people that are too vulnerable are not intelligent enough to figure it out where there's some game maker that is calling the shots to make it entertaining and everybody's sitting at home watching kind of queasy like you know i don't i don't think this is right but it's on wow wow yeah i'm not gonna make excuses for myself (laughs) 
I started watching it as a social activity when I moved to California, and I was like, okay, my friends are watching The Bachelor. Um, and I was like, that's stupid. But then I was like, I need friends. And I went and hung out with them and watched it. And I was like, this is exciting. And then I started watching the next season. And I was like, this is still exciting. And then this season, I was like, oh, yeah, well, this is the last time that I'm going to be living in California. Maybe. I don't know. I might stay in California. Anyways. Um, no and, no public announcements. Just, you know, amusing. Uh, uh, but I, I mean, but I like don't know where I'm going next. So I was like, oh, like, I'll, uh, I'll watch with them one more time. But then I like started taking this improv class <laughs> how is this connect started taking this improv class on wednesday evenings and i was like you know what i'm not driving at 10 p.m through los angeles two nights a week only one night a week so then i was like i'm not going to go to their house anymore to watch the bachelor and i was like i'll watch it at my house and a couple of my friends watch it here so that'll be fine guess what, what? none of my roommates are watching it live they're watching it on hulu by themselves so now i watch it by myself <laughs> Miss, I am a broken person. Yeah, but you see it. So anyway, so I'm called to repentance and I'm still going to watch it tonight. (laughs) That's not good. (laughs) I'm only saying that because I would need you to say that to me, too. But um, yeah, no, that's okay. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, not to I be don't like, intend. Oh, right, now I'm going to take some moral high ground or anything like that. But <laughs> last night, after we recorded, and then when I was realizing that perhaps we lost a recording, I um, watched the season finale of, ep- of season two of Downton Abbey with two of my housemates Ooh. that Ooh. Um, we had been watching Downton Abbey together. Um, then we went on winter break. Then one of the housemates knew he was going to be doing Exodus 90, so he binge-watched the entire series without the other one. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a mess. That we're is in, so Catholic guy. <laughs> we're into the half. I want to do la- Exodus 90, so I need to binge-watch my show. You get it. <laughs> um, but season two, season finale, is like one of my favorite episodes of the entire series. So I was like making a big deal out of it. We have to do it. We have to do it. So yesterday, Sunday he's like i can watch i can watch it today the other gal who still hasn't seen it and has been waiting for months to find out what happened um got to watch it and the episode ends with just a wonderful proposal between of marriage yeah between my two favorite characters well there's just like a soft dusting of snow and then we look out the window and there's a soft dusting of snow i like that imagery wow the snow is falling love you know forgiveness just all these things there is an awkward theme throughout not theme like storyline throughout the episode where they're using this ouija board that's not great ouija board's not good oh yeah i Um, forgot about that but spoiler alert mary matthew finally gonna get married everything is known there are no secrets anymore that was a really slow spoiler alert you didn't give anyone the chance to skip over it i don't even know how this works if you haven't seen downton abbey no you you probably have it because anyway go watch it i'm sorry i just spoiled it i stopped watching it at like season i don't even know what season it was but it was like it started to feel repetitive yeah of course do what does that do you like get past that because i know there's some shows like uh the good place has been like that where it got repetitive in the first like three episodes of the new season and i was like honestly if it's gonna be this way i'm not gonna watch anymore but then it like got better in the next episode mm-hmm. i was like okay you doubting like that or does it like stay <laughs> like it's the story just actually over at like season three <laughs> well season three really threw everybody for a loop it's just some of the happiest best times and then of course they all have to be ruined um right. and so how the characters recover from that um is painful but it's also you know the episode that i just watched the end of episode two is in 1920 and so it's been eight years since the start of the show in 1912 did i say 1820 i meant 1920 so eight years have gone by they've gone through the war the fact that they're like following along an actual historical timeline the -hmm. way that people start to think about things honestly i'll say deteriorates um in the second half of the show 
And so I think that that is part of the thing that makes it difficult for a traditional minded viewer. (laughs) That sounds so dumb, but it starts um, to deteriorate. Yeah. Just like kind of like the, the, the social structure starts to deteriorate, but also the morality starts to deteriorate. But it's really important to recognize that that wasn't just like some weird spontaneous decision of like, it's the 1920s and now everything's going to start to be crazy. It's like this horrific world event where so, so many people died. Lives were ended. It was just horrible. We can't even really fathom what World War One was like. Um, that That choice becomes harder to make without, yeah, any sort of guidance from a faith perspective when that's almost entirely cultural anyway maybe wow. we should yeah talk about i mean let's do this let's do this speaking of uh tv shows that people like what do you think about uh <clears throat> the idea of conforming and not conforming <laughs> and uh what what it means to our spiritual lo- lives well we just really went for it we get we had Is to that Maybe is that a uh, <clears throat> podcast topic that you might be interested in discussing? Wow, I think I might have had things to say about that yesterday that I might have more to say about today. Indeed. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so this is a topic that Ashton came to me with, um, and I think it's really interesting, but like, yeah, so Ashlyn, what is it, like, can you like, tell 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 the kids <laughs> about um what like made you think of this and like well, I don't know kind of how you see this stuff and what we're talking about because I was not clear <laughs> I think about a coffee um <laughs> a recent experience I had where I was driving around in the car with some of my colleagues and um yeah two of my colleagues were talking about going to see a show at Red Rocks and I am from Colorado. I love Red Rocks Amphitheater. It's one of my favorite places. And I love going to shows at Red Rocks. Um, And while there are so many people that have gone to so many more shows than me at Red Rocks, when I live on the East Coast and, you know, have gone to any, let alone, you know, more than 10 shows at Red Rocks, I'm like, wow, I'm I'm different. I'm special. I've done things that are kind of the (laughs) hipster music lover American Mm -hmm. dream. Um, Everyone, yeah, Spotify, like me. Oh yeah, that or just that. It's just a cool experience that I've had that I I want to share, but I know is kind of unique. Um, Not everybody has done this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my two friends are talking about where should we go? Wh- who should we see at Red Rocks? The Avid Brothers are coming this summer. The Avid Brothers are my favorite band. I've seen them at Red Rocks many times. And I know that they're always that, at that, Red Rocks. Yeah. I feel and like they, they live at Red Rocks. <laughs> they consistently <laughs> play three shows um, a summer. That's been going on for the last four years. And before that, they had one night um, at Red Rocks for like several years before that. Um, and since 2012, I've gone every year except for one um and i love it i enjoy it they're my favorite band at my favorite venue it's an awesome experience and i knew that this summer um they were going to sell out really fast it's amazing it's so cool that like anyway a band that is known but not like super super famous super super popular is selling out three nights at red rocks which isn't a huge venue but this is still a very cool accomplishment for them and i know that the tickets were sold out almost instantly um i also know that when the they found out that people had violated the ticket like number limit rules they revoked some tickets and then resold them and me and a group of my friends were all like waiting for the minute to strike where those those other tickets were going to go on sale and we were trying to get them and we didn't get them so i know that the Avid Brothers, if you want to like scalp a ticket for like hundreds of dollars, you probably can go this summer. But I already knew that it wasn't super likely. And I, of course, chime in like Avid Brothers have been sold out for a while. Then they resold some tickets and I'm like telling them all about how I know, you know, they're just trying to mm-hmm. talk about like a concert they want to go see. Maybe it was like nice of me to tell them, like, find another one. But also there was a part of me. I know the main motivator there was like defending like my thing, you know, yeah, um, like don't have sharing. the same experience as me I actually like want you to have that experience because I know how good it is but there's also a part of me that's like you can't go without me you know like if uh, I can't go you can't go um, uh, and so maybe that wasn't like the 
biggest moment of me like trying to be different than everybody else. Um, mm-hmm. But there was this desire in me to be like different or like celebrated for my unique experiences or to retain the uniqueness of my experience. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, in college, I was in a sorority <laughs> where, and, and I didn't regret this experience, you know, but where getting the same t-shirt as all of my friends was was a desirable thing to do mm-hmm. you know or like knowing that like dad athletic sneakers from the 90s are now like trendy with young women I want to have a pair of white sneakers that aren't like full out Balenciaga because a I, that's wrong and b can't afford it and b c <laughs> two b's why you know but I I know that those shoes exist and I know that they're popular and that also matters to me so it's like something that everybody is doing I'm interested in. Well, simultaneously, I want to be different than everybody else. Do you experience this, Christina? Yeah. Do you think that's like something that like the the coolest, hippest, trendiest people are doing? Or is it more of like a slightly countercultural thing like that all the slightly countercultural people are doing? I think it started there. But I think, you know, now you see the like target version. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, like the trend has fully permeated society. But even if that was like not the best example, the fact that I'm like, oh, yeah, like I like going to Target. (laughs) I Mm. like the Chip and Joanna Gaines section. Like it wouldn't be in Target if not a lot of people liked it because that would be against Mm. their business interests. Like there Mm. are things that are popular that might not be popular for very long or haven't been popular for very long, but I have an affinity to that is individual but also i'm not the only one i'm not that unique you know Mm -hmm. um yeah i'm having a hard time thinking of things that i do just because everybody else does them but i know that like i have that capacity i have that tendency Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think that it's so funny because this did not come to mind when we were talking about it yesterday but I, i think that my biggest like trend joining bandwagon hopping on thing was the bachelor i was Um, wondering about that actually yeah like i just um totally forgot about that but yeah that is definitely um the most significant bandwagon that I have jumped on um and it's like the most like problematic bandwagon that I've jumped on Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's fitting that I brought that up because the reason that I jumped on that bandwagon was to to participate in the communal activity and you know it wasn't like a oh like we're not gonna be friends if you don't watch the bachelor with us like not mm-hmm. like that at all like mm-hmm. um, thank goodness middle school i know that school would be really over. weird <laughs> i mean even middle schoolers know that that's pretty ridiculous i mean they do it but if i were to be like hey what, what do you mean you're gonna tell that kid they're not your friend if they don't do this what do you think about that they'd be like i think it's stupid um <laughs> but um yeah i i think there's still something to like doing something in order to participate in a in a community or to be present in a community um and then the other bandwagon i guess is um i (laughs) i had like a really sort of out of character actually maybe at the time it wasn't out of character out of character but i had an obsession with taylor swift um Mm -hmm. my sophomore year of college during the 1989 uh album release Mm um and yeah, I was like obsessed with that album. Just like really enjoyed, just really enjoyed being a part of the Taylor Swift craze. Um, there was something really fun about that. But what was interesting was that like most of the people that I knew were not a part of the Taylor Swift craze. Like I would have conversations with people where they would be like, Taylor Swift is a snake, a snake. And it was like <laughs> fun for me that she's actually a woman, but well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it was like fun for me that I would like have these like contentious conversations mm-hmm. about Taylor Swift. Like, um, like it became that became an entertaining point because like I had this really ridiculous opinion that 1989 was the best piece of artwork that had been released in our time which is honestly ridiculous (laughs) I remember Ashlyn that was like one of the first conversations that you and I had you were like evangelize evangelize (laughs) really I was not the first no it was it was like um a couple months into knowing you we were like at stamp eating chick-fil-a 
Okay. It might have been the same day that another missionary told me that married people taking on um, a vow to protect human life would be really stupid and ridiculous. <laughs> and I was like, hey, let me have my dream. And he was like, you're obsessed with Taylor Swift. <laughs> but anyways. Um, I'm so confused, but we're going to move on. It was uh, a painful dip. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, so anyhow. Okay, so those are the bandwagons, but at the same time, not at the same time, sort of since then, have kind of like developed my taste in music, my taste in the things that I consume. Um, That was when I started to develop personally as an artist and my dance major and everything and like started to really appreciate more, um, like more nuanced work that was a little, that was definitely less popular. And honestly, that's been recent. Like, I wasn't somebody who was, like, on 4chan in middle school finding the most, like, uncommon and, like, nonconformist music. Like, I think I definitely mm-hmm. fit more of the trying to conform um, mold up until when I started to, like, find a voice as an artist, mm-hmm. personally. But there was, like, a little bit of a pendulum swing where it was, like, once I found this kind of more obscure stuff... Um, that I actually really like and think is really good. <laughs> I was like, yeah, definitely took on this era of like superiority um, quickly, given how, um, like, given how much I conformed for most of my life. It was really kind of crazy how much I judged um, people who who didn't appreciate or who didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, know of these things or how much not even judge it's it's more just having this air of superiority well I think yeah judgment can come in what what I'm thinking of here is that like a a common phenomenon in like dramatic and very human spectrums I'm thinking like political or um, sociological spectrums of or two really opposite extremes duh but anyway work with me Um, in -hmm. this sense in this example in this topic we have total conformity to a social norm mm-hmm. um, and then total nonconformity and rejection of social norms mm-hmm. that are, they seem to create this like wide void. But just like we see in other wide spectrums, either side of the spectrum actually has more in common than they would like to think, which is that mm-hmm. yeah. there's an element of judgment, you know, if, yeah. I'm judging those that do not conform. I feel so pressured by the need to conform that anyone that is outside of that is like violating my safety, you know, and therefore is like a threat versus um, anyone who would conform to anything is oppressive or mindless or mm-hmm. um, Which less is not than as me, smart as you know, you. Yeah. right. Like, so both are looking at other as less than them based off of opposite terms but it's almost the same reaction and i think that it yeah oh go ahead well just i think a part of it is um that projection and like knowledge that the other is judging them that they feel like they have to outdo Mm. in the judging and i'm saying they but it's us like yeah this is a subconscious thing that i think most of us do Mm -hmm. yeah sorry go on no it's a it's it's an experience that we can establish in a fairly short amount of time like we've both experienced I think we've seen other people experience um and so if you feel like wow I've never experienced this before these people are like putting me under some sort of a blanket maybe you're on the non-conforming side Uh, maybe you actually are experiencing this but that most people experience (laughs) both um and that we almost seamlessly like flip-flop between the two um Mm -hmm. and if yeah, I, I think that if that's such a prevalent experience, then if we got to the heart of it, we would find something true. You know, not just the fact that this mm-hmm. happens, but like, why does this happen? What does it mean? Right. What does it say about us as human beings? Uh, what does it say about us as children of God? Yes. Um, yeah, what do you think about that, Christina? Yeah, so I think like that that experience of desiring to... Okay, let's start with desiring to not conform. Um, it's this like manifestation of the uniqueness of our souls and the uniqueness mm-hmm. of our personhood and the uniqueness of like our delights. Like if I, I'm thinking about um, the way that you delight in the Avett Brothers is not the same way that I delight in Me Without You. 
both of us delight in that but like there's something that I think both of us are like well you don't get it (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, so there's that like uniqueness of our appreciation and then at the same time there's a a real desire for community going to the bachelor thing of like like that was sort of a more like upfront manifestation of that desire where I was like okay yeah I'm actually going to do the thing that everyone's doing because I desire community whereas like it isn't always that way I'd say that the Taylor Swift example was more of a subconscious desire for community yeah so yeah I think in some very very basic ways like when you're in a group of people that is all wearing the same t-shirt you know um Mm -hmm. I was on retreat with students this weekend and the last day we all wear our matching t-shirts and take a picture and it's this it's so simple and it's kind of shallow but it's actually like surprisingly unitive to Mm -hmm. all be wearing the same thing to Mm -hmm. signify that we all did something together and at the same time you know people layer their own little flannel or I you know put my long sleeve shirt underneath it and had a scrunchie that I thought complemented the color of the shirt. Um, (laughs) You know, so everyone kind of puts their individual spin because it is just true, whether we recognize it or not, whether we're like consciously thinking about these things when we're making these decisions or having these experiences, that we were each made unique and unrepeatable. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we were made for community but community to further the end of communion mm-hmm. and so yes. it's like crazy that something that actually i mean we, we've established i think pretty clearly is like pretty corruptible <laughs> in our human experience mm-hmm. if we really got down to it this might sound crazy but i think it's true that is like reflective of the trinity three unique and distinct persons in communion as one god yeah. I don't think I can bust that open anymore because, yeah, like words cannot explain. And I definitely know that my words cannot. But like mm-hmm. we don't necessarily need to like look upon this reality with this like condemnation of like, oh, wow, like human beings are so volatile, you know. Yeah. It's not this cynical thing. It actually is like a very true thing. But I think it's worth talking about if we see that it's so easily corruptible. Like what are some of those dangers what are some of those watchouts on either side of this spectrum? And like, what does the middle actually consist of? Where is yeah. the virtue here? Yeah. I mean, I think like resting in the truth and like just sort of staying as authentic about things as you can and as like growing in self-awareness as much as possible um, so that, you know, I can identify when like there's um something that's really popular that I don't really like I need to be able to stop and say like okay I mean and not stop to be saying like oh I should like this it's just like as somebody who is striving for virtue I need to be able to like be real with myself about when I am coming at a situation from a place of pride Mm. and um, how I can purify myself of that so let's say that I um, redo the whole bachelor thing and I say like okay I'm actually not going to watch it like, I can't come at it from this perspective of, like, well, that's what everybody does, and I'm not everybody, so I'm not going to do it. But there is a, still a real reason why I have an aversion to mm-hmm. it. And if I sort of say, like, okay, I repent of that pride, so let's put that aside, and now go into the actual aversion. What do mm-hmm. I actually dislike about mm-hmm. this? I will find something virtuous. Like, there is an actual um, desire for goodness mm-hmm that lives inside of my aversion to the bachelor Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's a desire for goodness and a desire for excellence in the things that we consume and the way that we present ourselves Mm -hmm. like i don't like stories being told inauthentically these Mm -hmm. days you know like a couple five years ago i appreciated the dances that were made by so you think you can dance Mm -hmm. where you know it was easy to consume and enjoyable and emotionally powerful but these days i kind of look at it and i'm like it's not just that the mainstream dx world likes it therefore i don't Mm -hmm. i mean there was when i first started to like i said earlier develop this new aesthetic Mm -hmm. um i got to this place of like ah so you think you can dance like mainstream dance Mm -hmm. is so conventional and like easy and i'm better than that and blah 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 and 
it's growing in maturity and growing in authenticity and confidence really Mm -hmm. to be able to both look at what is good about that Mm -hmm. and what is good about why I don't like it Mm -hmm. um and then the last thing I want to say here um sorry I know I've been like monologuing a lot (laughs) (laughs) um um, if I think about some of the best shared experiences I've ever had Mm -hmm. yeah like you at the Avett Brothers with all the people who love the Avett Brothers like who authentically love them like yes we get a little bit of that like uh you only know one song (laughs) (laughs) that's the thing i'm like like, usually that concert is more of an occasion for me trying to like assert my like superiority over people but i like where you're i like where you're going (laughs) no yeah there is something when you're doing something with other people that is a like important and uplifting experience something that is so small but so funny is that back when jimmy fallon hosted the late night show Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Um, he did this bit called shared experience that oh, yeah. is like one of my favorites. I reference it a lot because I remember watching this live with my brother, you know, back in the days where like cable was a thing. Um, and just thinking that this is so fun where he has like everybody playing a kazoo, like, and bouncing beach balls in the air, yeah. you know? And it's so ridiculous and so meaningless and so lovely you know it wasn't even entertaining it was just like oh wow you know like that is so dumb and so cute and you said uh, um authenticity many times and I think that that's a great word I love that um because it's important that our whether it's an aversion or an attraction to something um is mindful so that yes. way, I think that yeah. that's the way to like stay out of those danger zones. I think on either side of I don't want to conform because that's stupid, but I can't tell you why. You know, I'm just going to cling to mm-hmm. a very shallow and underdeveloped thought of it's dumb and it is because I think it is versus, you know, it's right. cool because it is and I think it is. You know, those mm-hmm. are both inauthentic. And that can that can look just that, you know, cut and dry. And oftentimes it does, I think. But even like that lack of awareness or lack of authenticity can come in more nuanced ways of, you know, while there was some truth here, I desire greater excellence. You know, you're you're so you think you could dance example. There is some truth here. There is some sort of like community here. There is some sort of expression here. But I think that greater um greater expression and greater meaningfulness and greater unity exists elsewhere. Um, To be able to say that, not because you heard somebody else say it, not because you think it's going to make you sound cool, but because it's really true. And it, you, Mm -hmm. you vocalize something that you actually are experiencing or believe um, is an important practice for us. Yeah. Um, Because I think then the danger zone we've already kind of mentioned with um, a desire to, not conform, which begins with a a real recognition of your own uniqueness, but can lead to pridefulness and vanity of, I am so unique that I am more unique than other human persons. Mm, yeah, well, um, I my uniqueness is superior to the uniqueness of yeah. other people. That's not a place where we're going to find happiness and ultimately our yeah. end of unity. Yeah. Well, I think that it's um. Like when you're in that place, like, and I say that because I think I've been there. I've never put it in those words, but I definitely have felt that before. Um, Like it's a constant striving, a constant trying to prove. Um, Like you never actually get to rest. Mm. Yeah, it's miserable. You actually just keep on trying to prove yourself. It's trusting more in like, or actually, yeah, a lack of trusting one's own dignity. Mm. Um. Mm. That brings us there where I'm like, I have to prove my dignity mm-hmm. through proving my uniqueness. Yep. Oof. And that's a mess, you Ouch. know? Like, but exactly. But at the same time, like, we both appreciate things that, like, do make us unique. Like, mm-hmm. I think about these, um, like, delights in my life. Like, our concerts that I went to by myself mm-hmm. and just enjoyed being with other people who enjoyed that music. And I wouldn't have liked it as much if I was with people who didn't enjoy it. I mean, yeah, there is like a purification of like the pride mm-hmm. that was, you know, existing and all of that. But also like 
those are authentic delights and things that actually elevate my soul mm-hmm. um, to like experience the truth and goodness mm-hmm. of the human person as an image of God. Yeah, like what that hopefully always leads us back to is like contemplation of God. Uh, right. Yeah, and that if we gravitate towards then conformity out of fear of rejection, I think that usually is where um, like a sheep mentality comes from. And that sounds pretty negative. And I think that I I will admit, <laughs> be just transparent here, that I struggle more judgment against this side rather than like um the actual struggle with um conforming to the crowd um even when i was in the sorority i was the girl that had like peacock garden statues outside of her room and like was like the quirky one you know so like right um and i've had a hard time understanding yeah friends peers others they desire they gravitate more towards the safety of conformity Uh, Mm um but as I've sought to understand people that have that experience, first of all, realizing that some people do have that experience, um, do like fall into that temptation that a lot of times Mm -hmm. it comes out of like a fear of rejection. If I, if I fall out of line with the crowd, I will be rejected. Um, my uniqueness will be seen and, and, and rejected. Unlike that's so painful that I'm going to just hide it. Um, so I'm going to go along with the crowd. I'm not going to rock the boat. I'm going to fly under the radar. Um, so I can continue to be safe. So it's not even, you know, a dislike of the uniqueness it's it's a fear of uniqueness maybe um yeah I I don't yeah but what that then can be really dangerous it's like oh well that person's safe you know is that actually dangerous is it really that bad to go along with the crowd well actually that person was created unique for a reason they are a a fragment a facet the fragment's a negative word facet is a beautiful word of who God is that is unlike anybody else. And so that person recognizing their call to be in community, which is true and authentic is actually depriving their community of knowing God better because they're withholding who they actually are and, and kind of hoarding it for themselves, but actually not developing it the way that they've been. Yeah. Trusted to do during this lifetime. Right. And so we can't withhold ourselves out of like pridefulness um, to say that no one can ever be on my level and I don't, I won't enter into community. That's very dangerous, but it also is dangerous to deprive the community that we accept of who we actually are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, <clears throat> I'm thinking again of, of the seventh graders and the little girls who all wear the same shoes, um, mm-hmm. who like have this wonderful, um, like perspective on life that they've shared with me in their writing, but will never open their mouth Mm. in class to share with their community of other seventh graders. Um, And it's the same, the ones who are afraid of sharing are the same ones who have to wear the same shoes as each other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I think, yeah, it just really resonated when you said um, the fear of uniqueness that, yeah, like they know that they have this unique experience and they are in fear of rejection but they are withholding something beautiful from their community. Like we as a class are struggling to create a safe space because there's so much fear of rejection that it's just Mm -hmm. actually rooted within themselves. And as their teacher, I'm trying really hard to like find a way in there, but Mm -hmm. what a challenge at the same time, (laughs) I've got the little boy I told you about yesterday, Ashlyn, um, who, wants to be so different, wants to be so different that he has to yell out in the middle of class, I'm an atheist. I'm like, okay. Um, um, But then he changed his mind later on. And I said, are you still an atheist? And he said, I never said I was an atheist. And I said, actually you did, but this is good. Um, (laughs) I'm not going to argue with you. (laughs) It's like, okay. Um, But then at the same time, he's like, I worship Larry King, Danny DeVito, and Ben Shapiro. (laughs) That's Okay. And he just loves how weird that is. He just loves how weird it is. And it's not even true. It, like, he doesn't worship any of those people. <laughs> but, but he just wants so badly. Yeah, it's the same thing of like, my uniqueness is going to make me worth something here. Mm-hmm. And like, everybody's going to appreciate me if I make myself super weird. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but there's a beauty to also 
that recognition of uniqueness and recognition of the goodness of uniqueness. But then, and then I also need to recognize that my little girls who are afraid of sharing, you know, they're never going to go and inauthentically yell that they worship Ben Shapiro. And like, mm-hmm. as somebody who gravitates more towards, like you said earlier, like being the unconventional one, being the weird one, like even in the Taylor Swift craze, it had to be, it had to be like a weird thing to like Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Um, like I find the weirdness of the person yelling about their uniqueness. Like I'm sort of like, ah, yes, I can see the goodness more than I can see it in mm. the other side. But I also have to recognize like when these girls get to the place where they're able to share authentically, they're not going to be yelling about something in an effort to like grasp at being appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, anyways, so, I mean, I think seventh grade is very much where, um, sixth and seventh grade is where this starts to really put its roots in, mm-hmm. and so, like, I think it's interesting to look at where this stuff starts yeah. Oh, um, yeah. as we think about ourselves now. You have a unique vantage point there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, it is. Because it's so, like, obviously manifested. Like, in their classroom, there's no, like, well, we're not in seventh grade. Like, you are in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I think very practically, um, it's it's just such a simple practice, but something if we if we can recognize end game, like desiring both our uniqueness, but also like community, yes, helps us to enter into God's life, you know, yeah, um, and that's yeah. not like I don't think I'm like taking this too far i think that that's really true um i think even the notion that like getting to the heart of our small human experiences can't ever lead us to god is is a missed opportunity it can but having the self-awareness to ask of ourselves the question why you know Mm -hmm. um whenever we're recognizing a preference within ourselves, um i prefer this why because it makes me more like others. Why? You know, or I like this. Why? Because it makes me less like others. Why? You know, just to understand that and to possess it helps us to become better gifts of self. You can better give of something that you possess. Yes. And I think then when we do, that's like kind of the like interior side, the exterior side, the way that this like carries out into community is more than what I'm about to say. But remembering that like this line that keeps playing in my head, like the glue of communion is charity. Um, Mm. Yeah, like to our limited, but still authentic human understanding of the Trinity, like what holds them together in their godness is the like charity, that love of God that exists between the three persons. Mm -hmm. Um, It is the Holy Spirit. Anyway, I can't get into that. But (laughs) when we see the flaw in ourselves or in in the other um not just like patience for the sake of tolerance for the fear of conflict but um a recognition that this isn't easy um mm-hmm. that the balance won't come from like aggressive rejection you know of like oh you are so this way or you are so that way um but yeah. really desiring to know ourselves and to know the other um with the love of god that he he made us for communion and unique on purpose and and holding mm-hmm. that like reverently when looking at ourselves and other people is a way that we can become I think more of who we're made to be um mm-hmm. yeah 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 neat um dope anything else wow yeah thank you for listening everybody um yeah something that I, I just want to affirm our um all of our listeners we've got a whole lot of catholic people and we've got some non-catholic people and we've got a bunch of women and we've got a bunch of men and like i just appreciate you guys for being your unique self (laughs) (laughs) this is not a an exclusive cast yeah this is an inclusive cast (laughs) yeah yeah for all people who like to be in community with their unique <laughs> little hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you 
thought that this was helpful. Um, we're so glad. Uh, that's actually enough, you know, but connecting back to our, our mission and the reason why we're doing this, you know, we could have this conversation on our own, not recording it. We're not recording it because we think we're so smart. We're recording it because we think it might be helpful. Um, and if you want to take what struck you about this, if anything did into a conversation without ever saying it was on our podcast, like do that. Great. I'm so glad that it can enrich your relationships in your conversation. But if you want to share this with other people, uh, you might not get a chance to have coffee with, um, you want to send this to a friend or you want to, you know, share it with people. Duh, Ashlyn, just share it. Uh, that, that would be awesome. Uh, but we want to encourage you guys to share. We want to encourage you guys to review because these platforms, um, yeah, they can become more far reaching if people review, that's just how it works. And that's why we want to ask you to help us out and do that. But yeah, it's important to me to just affirm that like, if you're listening to this and you don't want to do that, I get it. Uh, and I'm not asking you because I want to make a career out of being a podcaster. It's because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, maybe this is helpful to somebody that we could never find out about it. If mm-hmm. we stay right. on the like lower level of the iTunes algorithm forever, that was a little bit over the top, but thanks for, for <laughs> that rant. Please share. Um, please follow <laughs> us on social media at APW podcast for Instagram mm-hmm. at APW pod on Twitter. And Christina, why don't you shout out your Twitter handle? Uh, uh, yeah, Chris underscore Stina for occasional relatable content. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. Well, folks. Have a great week. This has been the uh, morning. The, the morning version of the dropping. <laughs> Happy President's Day week, everybody. All right. Bye. Ta-ta.